We are starting a new series. The title of the series is Many Parts, One Body. And the title of my sermon is Pursuing God's Purpose. And we will be exploring 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 through 27 over the next few weeks for the month of August. So we're going to go on a journey today of identifying and discovering and laying hold of the talents and the gifts that God has placed in each and every one of us. But I want to start our time with a question. Do you currently find God's purpose for your life somewhat elusive? Do you find in certain moments of your life that there is a bit of confusion and a bit of chaos about what God has called you to do and maybe even who God has called you to be? And does that confusion cause you to recoil from achieving and fulfilling God's purpose in your life? The reality is, if you think the answer is yes, it's probably yes. And you know, that's okay. Because I believe that this challenge is prevalent in the lives of most Christians at some point in our Christian journey. And so the goal, the singular goal of our time together this afternoon is to identify what God's purpose is for our lives and then find the healthy, Christ-centered, victorious pathway that can help facilitate success in that area. Amen? Praise God. The dictionary definition of purpose is as follows. The reason for which something or someone exists, is done, is made, or is used. Do you know that God created you for a purpose? Wow! The enormity of that statement of truth should reverberate around every single one of our hearts and lives. But challenges happen. So often we can lose sight of that reality in our lives when life happens. Challenges start to erode our confidence. Issues start to steal our focus and our time. And very, very quickly, something that we know is true starts to fade into the history pages of our life as we deal with what's going on in and around our lives. You know, regardless of the season, the circumstances that you find yourself in today, God's purpose for you has not changed. Its potential has not changed. Its potency has not changed. Its value has not changed. The only thing that may have changed is your perspective attached to that purpose. And so hopefully our time together today will recalibrate, reorientate, and reset a few of us onto that purpose that he has for us. Today is a day of fresh starts. Today is an opportunity for you to draw a line under everything that has happened in your life regarding God's plan and God's purpose and start afresh today with a strong foundation. I think it's important before we start to discover what God's purpose is for our lives, we need to recognize and accept what God's purpose is not. Can I humbly suggest to you this afternoon that your job, your level of salary, your job title, these things are not God's purpose for your life. 
we sometimes blur the line between what we think is our purpose and what is ultimately God's purpose for our lives. And you know the challenge with that is that we start to think that we are living in and fulfilling really, really well God's purpose for our life and actually none of it is what he's called us to do. So we need to not deceive ourselves this afternoon. We need clarity and confidence and certainty about what is our purpose. Otherwise, you will find that your purposes, your ideas will start to merge with God's and blur the lines of distinction and you will not know which way God is calling you to go. Amen. But the challenge attached to that is that with alarming regularity for us as believers, we associate our accomplishments, personal or corporate accomplishments, with providing lasting value, significance in our lives. The destination of your purpose is none of those things. Amen. Now, God may bless you with those things along the way, but that is not the destination for your life. And ultimately, those things will pale into insignificance when framed against God's purpose for your life. And that's what causes so many of us to feel insecure, unfulfilled, unsafe in certain environments because we're using the wrong items and the wrong measuring sticks with which to evaluate who we are in Christ, what we've been called to do, and how we have been called to go about pursuing it. Dig deeper into his presence. If you want to know what God's purpose is for your life, dig into the word of God. The satisfaction and the success that Christ has prepared for you stretches far beyond the greatest accolade you could find in your career in your workplace. Avoid the pitfall of connecting your work goals with your identity because you will fall palpably short in fulfilling the one true God-ordained purpose for your life. The great C.S. Lewis said the following, the question is not what we intend ourselves to be, but what he intended us to be when he made us. requires a radical commitment on our part. We have a higher purpose to achieve. So we're going to unearth some of these principles and values and we're going to discover that purpose. So if you have your Bibles with you, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we're going to read verses 12 to 14 together. 1 Corinthians 12 verses 12 through 14. I will read the ESV translation. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. I want us to take a moment this afternoon to pause because we know these verses well, but that familiarity can sometimes rob the actual potency and the power of what Paul has written here. Think about where you are and who you are as a son or a daughter of the Most High God that you are part of the body of Christ. 
I mean, that is a wow moment. That is amen. Praise God for that. Amen? Because the familiarity can sometimes breed a little bit of contempt, a little bit of assumptions that negate the power of what actually is written here in these verses. How we function, how we operate, how we serve in the body of Christ shapes ultimately how Christ can operate and function in the world, which should impact and influence the way that we then choose to live our lives. Never has that been more evidence than in recent times, the recent season that we've been in. If one thing has been proven is that we need each other, whether we like it or not, whether you agree with me or not, we need each other and we don't get to choose who is next to us. We are all part of one body and we need to work together in tandem, in unity, in cohesion, in focus towards one goal. We are inextricably linked to one another and it highlights the need that we have one for the other. The value and the treasure that each of us possess and how we can identify that in the person next to us. And although in Corinth where Paul was writing to, there was a wide range of diversity and gifts and talents and ability, there is all ultimately one overarching focus. They were all together functioning as one with one clear purpose. And for that to be most effective, friends, there's some realities for us. We have to do away with hierarchical structures of gifts. My gift is more important than yours. No. Everyone is equal. Amen? Your gift is as, as important as the person next to you. Now, you might sit there and say, well, that's not true. Well, the person next to you just might be utilizing that gift a little bit more. That might be a little bit more evidenced in their life. So here's a thought. What are you doing about the gifts and the talents that God has placed within you? Because that's your purpose, is utilizing those gifts and those talents, not to say, hey, look at me, look at what God has given me. No, for God to work in you, God to work through you, to influence and impact the kingdom of God here on earth. So you're a vessel. The question is, are you willing? Are you ready? Are you able right where you are? We need to abandon self-appointed importance, human agendas, anything that can distort us working together as one for the furtherance of the kingdom. Do you know the focus is never on you? Party pooper there, huh? The focus is never on you. It's about the whole body functioning together as one. That is where, friends, we are most powerful. That is where we are most effective. It's not about a leader. It's not about a pastor. The focus is on the whole body as one unit. That is where health, unity, cohesion, commitment, service, and sacrifice is best explored and expressed in the body of Christ. Now, that is a marked departure from today's highly individualistic society that teaches and trains us that it's about me, myself, and I. It's about me getting ahead, whether that's professionally or privately, whether that is expressed publicly or privately, whether that is in the church or outside of the church. That is not the heart of God. We are all equal. We are going to establish and find friends this afternoon that I'm going to need your gifts and talents. Amen. And hopefully at some point, maybe today, you're going to need some of my gifts and talents. 
And we're not in a race. It's about serving one another. It's about rising up together as one. Can you imagine what the church of Jesus Christ could look like if thousands of people set aside personal agendas, personal preferences, self-appointed titles, and just work together as one? Paul described it best. Romans 12 verse 10. Outdo one another in showing honor. Love one another with a brotherly affection. We should be tripping over ourselves to help the person next to us rise up, fulfill their potential in Christ. But often we feel that we're subconsciously in some sort of competition with one another. That is not what God has called us to do. Paul has deconstructed today's pattern of thinking that talks about how I need to get ahead, how I need to achieve what God has called me to do just in these verses here. Verse 13, he declares, some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Wow, Paul is informing us that nothing can separate us. Amen. We have to attend to that reality today, friends. Do not get trapped into the thinking that we can dissect the body of Christ based on race, age, Agenda, uh, gender, ethnicity. No, we all work together. We've got to break out of those limitations, break beyond those patterns of thinking that diminish our perspective about our role in the body of Christ. There is no man-made structure that can separate believers in the body of Christ. This proves beyond all doubt that we are all equal in his eyes. And so my question for you this afternoon, what is your contribution to the body of Christ? Where are you exhibiting, cultivating, demonstrating the gifts and the abilities that God has placed within you? Do you know the gifts and the abilities, they don't reside here. This is just some of the gifts and the abilities that reside, whether it's the music worship team, whether it's the pastors, whether it's the leaders, the senior leader, it's just a snapshot of the expressions of the body of Christ. There's a whole lot of talent and ability that I'm looking at from my vantage point this afternoon. Question, are you conscious of the talent and gifts that God has placed within you? And on the assumption that you are, what are you doing about it? Because at some point you're going to have to make a contribution, friends. The challenge is that we can fall into this hierarchical structure whereby, oh, it's just for the cell leaders or just for the pastors or just for the evangelism team or just for the worship team. No, you have something to offer. Amen. And for me standing here, I feel sometimes that I believe that more for some people than they do for themselves. You have a contribution to bring. Your role in the body of Christ is important. It is needed now more than ever in this society and life that we find ourselves living in. And Paul here, by the way, with what he says, when he makes it very clear in verse 13, that we are all equal, that would have reverberated around the church at Corinth, and they would have been going, huh? Because in that time, in Roman society, man would have been head over his family, his wife, his children, and depending on where and what town and hamlet and cities they would have lived in, he may even have had authority over whole parts of towns. So Paul has cut right across that, cut across the culture of that time. How much worse is today's culture? 
and he gets right to the heart of the issue. Though we are all equal and we all have something to bring. There is no greater expression of purpose and power when the entire body of Christ is functioning healthily. If you think about your own body, you would say the same. Your own physical body, regardless of your age, regardless of any other factor that you might want to consider, when your entire body is operating and functioning the way that it should do, all is well. There's no pain. You're not having to work extra hard on one leg or the other if you've got a limp or you're struggling in any way. And it's exactly the same thing in the body of Christ. So the question is, do you recognize and accept the fact that you have no deficiency? Please, let me tackle this. There is nothing wrong with you. And I believe that there are people here in the building watching online that have had negative words spoken over their lives. They've been spoken down to. There's maybe generational curses in your family. Maybe there's been disappointment after disappointment after disappointment that has dulled your enthusiasm to step forward. Let me tell you, there is no deficiency in you. There is nothing wrong with you. You need to rise up strong and bold in this new season that we find ourselves in and fulfill your potential in Christ. Why? We need you. We need you. And that's the truth, whether you agree or not. If you have a problem with it, take it up with God. I want to stir encouragement in you today. I want you to break beyond the limitations that have maybe been erected in your own mind from your own previous life and circumstances and challenges or what man has said to you or about you. There is greatness in you. There is greatness in you. Amen. But we have one change agent, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit forges unity and community in the body of Christ. The power of the Holy Spirit. And when we live in perfect submission and synergy to the Holy Spirit, everything becomes available to us. And so Paul is reminding us that as the church of Jesus Christ, we must cultivate unity, synergy, cohesion, community, working together in unity and in tandem to see the body of Christ rise up. He's essentially showing us that the Holy Spirit ensures that we are many members of one body. Because, you know, the overall mission of the church is to make disciples of Jesus Christ. And it will always be the Holy Spirit that convicts. Man may do his part, but it's always the Holy Spirit that convicts. And if you want evidence, consider your own life. When you made that confession of faith, it was the conviction and the leading and the guiding and the power of the Holy Spirit that caused you to get to a place and a point where you declared, Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. But the membership, really, that Paul talks about here is not membership that you see with the gym. Where many members, which he's talking about membership. This is not membership like in the gym where it's easy come, easy go. Or maybe you don't even go. I don't know. <laughs> It's not your library card. It's not your stamp thing on your app for your coffee cup at Starbucks. That's individualistic. Those are your benefits for you. You don't have to make a contribution. He's talking for something greater, higher, something that's more profound, something that's going to cost you fundamentally more. 
He's talking about membership in the body of Christ. And we don't get to choose who becomes a member. We are not Lord of that. We only have to work with and in partnership with every person we encounter. And you know the diversity of gifts that are on display in the church in Corinth at that time? Phenomenal. The same volume of gifts are on display here. No greater expression of diversity and unity is found nowhere than the church of Jesus Christ. Are you aware of that? Every background, every culture, every age group, every skin color, best expression of unity and diversity is found in the church of Jesus Christ. And is there a better expression than Kensington Temple London City Church? Huh? I think we should give God an amen for that and that alone. Wow. Sometimes we don't know what we have. Now let's not forget the context here. Paul established this church in Corinth. He's leading them, he's pastoring them. But as is the case when you're dealing with people, challenges emerge. It's not the challenges, it's how we respond to those challenges that is most important. At that church, they were combative, they were divisive with one another, they were arguing, fighting. Avoid that. Avoid that. The moment you compare your gift with the person next to you, you've lost. Your goal is not to have the gifts of the person next to you. Your goal is to exhibit the gifts that God has given you to cultivate them, to reach their full potential and power so that you fulfill God's purpose for your life. It's not about trying to become the jack of all trades. It's about becoming who Christ has called you to be with the gifts and the talents. And you know what? We've got to start to do a better job at championing and celebrating the individual gifts and the breadth of the gifts that God has displayed for the church of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if we were all pastors? Boring. Who's evangelizing? There was no prophetic gifting in this church. <laughs> we're in trouble. If there was nobody that knew how to cast vision, we're in trouble. So I celebrate diversity, variety. We need it. And so please avoid the pitfall of trying to compare what you think you should have as your gifts with what God has given you. The goal is to awaken your soul to the talents and the gifts and the abilities that he has placed within you because they're already there. For some of us, we're just not aware of what they are. Much in the same way, we as a congregation rely on one another, cell leaders, pastors, Sunday teams, to see the church function and operate even here in the building that's what Paul is saying here. We need to rely on one another. Take a moment to think about that. We need to start to depend on one another. It goes beyond merely, I hope to see you on Sunday. But we need to start to rely on one another. There is going to come a time where your gift is going to be needed. Somebody, somewhere, is going to need what God has placed within you. And you're either going to exhibit it or you're not. But this gives us an opportunity this afternoon to harness greater love, appreciation and encouragement for one another. Because, you know, the bottom line is that we don't just need one another. We need each other's talents and gifts. 
And praise God that the vast majority of us are strong, Pentecostal, Bible-believing, Spirit-filled believers because we're also going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to help us in this area of our lives. Paul isn't giving us pie-in-the-sky theology here. He's demonstrating that it's something that is clearly achievable in our hearts and lives. We have many members from many backgrounds, having many stories, but we've all been integrated. And the greatest expression of unity and diversity is always found in the church. Verse 14, yes, the body has many parts, not just one part. Paul is essentially just reinforcing the truth for us here this afternoon. It's a two-pronged focus. So what have we learned today? We have commonality of purpose, and that is best expressed in a litany of ways. We are united together as one, and so we have to find practical ways of upholding those spiritual gifts and talents. And I believe I found an answer. Adopt a Barnabas spirit. Do you know the spirit of encouragement is priceless in the body of Christ? And we don't do it enough. And so can I encourage you this afternoon? That will be a catalyst that propels people into fulfilling God's purpose for their lives. Don't be afraid of using what God has given you. There is a reason that he has provided you with the gifts that he has provided you. Don't ignore them. Don't neglect them. Are you willing to use what God has given you? Take some time this week. Encourage, affirm, uphold, support somebody in your cell group. Every single person here has a unique and a specific contribution to make to the body of Christ. Do you know what your contribution is? And assuming that you do, are you maximizing its potential and power? Wow. So can I encourage you this week? Encourage a fellow believer to use their gifts. Highlight to them their gifts. Ask them, do you know what your gift is? And if they say no or they're not sure, take some time in your own relationship with that person or persons to say, hey, I think you might have this gift or that gift and help them to try and identify how they can sharpen that gift that will help the body of Christ. That is something truly unique in today's individualistic society where people spend their life clambering for position and importance to humble yourself, draw alongside somebody else in the body of Christ and cause them to rise up. Serve, serve diligently, serve and serve sacrificially. Serve with excellence and watch God's purpose unfold in your life. And he will use you in ways that you have not yet even imagined. Are you aware of that? He's going to take you on a journey of discovery and growth and maturity, and he's going to open up divine doors of opportunity that were orchestrated and ordained for you and you alone. And then the question comes down to one thing, obedience. But sometimes we feel like we need to have all the answers before we step in. And that's where faith kicks in. You know, God's purpose for your life will outstrip and outexceed anything that you can possibly imagine. He's far greater than anything that we can think of. This is the way that the body of Christ is going to retain any relevance, any respect, or have any reverence in anyone's life here today, is when we draw together, we love one another, we serve together, we work in tandem, we work in unity, we set aside personal preferences, agendas, personal goals, and we work together for the common good to see each and every one of us 
operating and functioning in our God-ordained role in the body of Christ. That's when the body of Christ is fully functioning. That's when it becomes alive fully. That's when it will fulfill its goal and purpose. The question is, are you going to make your contribution? Psalm 138, verse 8. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. You have a bigger purpose than yourself. Your contribution is needed. Your life has never been exclusively about you. This tells us that we're living for something or someone that is greater than ourselves. Come into partnership with that this afternoon. Begin to move with a sense of tenacity and courage and passion to fulfill and pursue God's purpose for your life at all costs. Nothing and no one will hinder you if you choose that to be the case. And you know what will happen? Your heart will stir up with a consuming passion and fire for every single element and attribute of God in your life. You will rise up strong. You will fulfill your potential and that will spark greater levels of trust and faith and compassion and excellence in your life. Because the satisfaction and joy in succeeding cannot be adequately defined. You won't be able to express it. It stretches far beyond anything that this world can promise you. And just the reality of that statement should impact the way that we choose to live our lives. Because when you connect your heart with God's heart, you connect yourself with his purpose for your life. And only by successfully implementing God's purpose for your life will you understand the heights and the depths that he wants to take you on. Today is an opportunity for you to evaluate your life, friends. Where is your engagement? Where does your commitments lie? Where is your focus each and every day? Where do you steward your efforts? How do you utilize your time? Take some time in the next few days to assess some of those ideas that I've presented to you. Whatever the answers are, will be pointing you in the direction of either God's purpose for your life or something else. Do you know there's a reason that we have 22 or more Sunday teams serving here on a Sunday? These are men and women of God who have radically responded to the call and the plan and the purpose of God in and through their lives. They are making a contribution. You have an opportunity to make a contribution. Amen. So you should sign up for one of our Sunday volunteer teams. And I make no apology for that. Because that's where you're going to start to express your gifts and talent. It could be if you've got a lovely smile, and I know you all do, and you're sociable, you should be joining the welcome team. If you've got an eye for detail, we can connect you with the camera operators. If you've got a heart for prayer and intercession, you can connect with them as well. There are 22 or more teams. I'd be very surprised if your talents and gifts can't be covered in one of those. And Andrew has asked for a shout out for the kids ministry. So if you've got a heart for the kids, jump in. What I'm saying is the opportunities are everywhere. The question is, are you going to stand up, be counted, understand God's purpose for your life and make a telling and tangible contribution? Because it, friends, it's at that point we recognize our God-ordained purpose. And that point we find ourselves living in God's will and God's plan for our lives. Amen.
Amen and Amen.